Welcome to the MBG Podcast. Let's fire everybody. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 51 of the Message Board Geniuses podcast. This is Who's. I've got Casey, Joy, MBG. We've got week 11 of the college football season in the books. Two weeks left in the regular season. We thought we'd revisit some more of the picks that we made before the season started. Uh, Back in August, each of us picked some teams that we thought were going to overachieve and underachieve this season. So I thought we'd go around and I'd feed you your picks and you can tell me if you're buying those picks or if you want to sell them. So, Casey, you ready to kick this thing off? I'm ready. For your overachiever, you had Rutgers getting the six wins. I'm assuming you're buying that one. <laughs> 100%. They're arguably yeah. in the upper echelon of the extremely top-heavy Big Ten Conference this season. That's right. And then uh, you picked three underachievers, South Carolina, Notre Dame, FSU. <laughs> all right i'm gonna i'm gonna buy the south carolina and notre dame actually i think south carolina is awful and clemson better beat them or i'll have some heavy crow to eat so i'm buying my prediction there not sure exactly what i said about notre dame but i'm sure it was slanderous towards sam hartman and the fact that wake forest had better wide receivers than notre dame exactly so i'm sticking with that said. one that's exactly <laughs> what you said that was perfect uh, it's the same narrative, you know, it's kind of like the ACC being terrible. And Florida State was my worst pick, but I have a problem with this because in my world, in, in my special world, Clemson beat them. And if LSU didn't completely poop the proverbial bed in week zero, FSU would have started two and two. But here we are, and they're ranked in the top four. God, I, I, went, back, I went back and listened to the, this episode and then the one after, and you, you have a good memory. So you said you thought FSU would start two and two. And that if they did, they would fall apart. And then the very next week, you had them going uh, <laughs> losing one game and going to the CFP. So <laughs> I don't know if they're going to lose one game. Yeah, I know, I know. All right, Joy, you did pretty well too, with with one exception. So for your overachiever, you had Clemson. So I'm nice. assuming you're selling that one. Correct. Yeah. Underachiever, you had Tennessee, and then you had an interesting one. You said Georgia. Because you thought they were going to lose in the postseason. I stand by that. I still think that Tennessee, I mean, Tennessee did underachieve. And I said that that would happen. I feel like I said that last season. I said you'd find out. And I will probably almost exactly quote what I said in this episode, Who's. I said you'll find out who Hypel is as a coach and as a program leader in this year. And I think that's proven to be true. I think Hendon Hooker was the leader of that team, very similarly to the way that Joe Burrow was the leader of the 2019 LSU team. I just don't think Milton has the same qualities. And I think you've watched them falter this year because of that. I'm not saying I don't think Hypel is a good coach. I just think there were really high expectations of what they were going to do this year. And I think that they were a little bit unfair considering I think Hendon was the one that really drove their program last year and he's not there anymore. So I, I absolutely stand by that. And I also stand by the fact that I think Georgia is going to lose in the postseason. They have impressed me in like, as the season's gone on, MBG's over here shaking his head, but I, they are firing on all cylinders. They actually look better now than I think they've looked all season long. And I do think there were some surprises on their schedule. I don't know that we really thought that Ole Miss nor Missouri was going to give them the challenge that they've actually given them this year. I still think they're going to end up losing in the postseason. And I don't necessarily know if it'll be a talent thing. I just think three-peating is possible, but it's not probable. And if you had to ask me if Nick Saban wasn't going to win a three-peat if Kirby Smart would, I would say no. So in all actuality, I just still don't think Georgia three-peats. I'm more than happy to admit when I'm wrong or if I'm wrong, but I'm still riding with the fact that I think they lose in the postseason. Yeah, I mean, you said basically you guys have really much better memories than I do because you basically said you didn't believe in Milton and you just thought it was really tough to three-peat. The wild card there is I think they look better now than they have all year. That Bama-Georgia game all of a sudden is going to be lit because I feel like they're both playing – they both look like – top five teams yeah alabama's playing the best they've played all season yeah yeah all right mbg i nailed it i overachiever 
possible <laughs> SEC championship game appearance. Texas A&M Aggies. <laughs> oh, are they mathematically eliminated? <laughs> I don't know, but are you buying or selling that? That's the question. They're financially eliminated, MBG. <laughs> I suppose I would have to sell that. It was. This, I went on, out on a limb there. I thought Jimbo would maybe get it done, but <laughs> imagine then, thinking Jimbo could do it. <laughs> I guess when you have a, a seventy-six million dollar buyout, uh, you don't have a lot of incentive to actually uh, improve and win games because uh, you can get your money no matter what. So I guess I'll sell it, just like Texas A and M did to Jimbo. I'll sell it. Yeah, we. Uh, I have a feeling that won't be the last time we discuss Texas A and M this episode. <laughs> All right, underachiever, you did pretty well. South Carolina, Tennessee, mm -hmm. LSU. Yeah, I think I was by all those. I mean, look, underachieving is, I mean, I thought LSU should have been competing. I mean, LSU lost some games they should have lost. So you can't not think that you underachieved if you're LSU. Um, you should have been. Yeah, They've State. had a good season, yeah. but probably underachieved. And again, right? no knock at Missouri, but if, you know, you shouldn't be losing it to Missouri. Um, you shouldn't we did have lost lose to Missouri. Again. Oh, no. Ole Miss. Excuse me. Ole Miss. You shouldn't be losing at Ole Miss. You shouldn't be losing to Florida State. Uh, if you do, you're underachieving, I think, LSU. So, yeah. So I'll buy that. All right. So I, I put some numbers on mine, which was to my detriment, probably. Um, so I had, I had Texas over nine and a half wins. I'm definitely buying that. They've, they're nine one. They've got three games left. They're going to win at least one of those. I had Nebraska over six. That was tough. They're they're five and five. They're at Wisconsin and then versus Iowa. You got that. A possible a possible bowl game. You got that's that. tough. Those are tough games. No, yeah. you got that. Yeah, so I'm I'm sticking with it because I have others that are worse. <laughs> I had Tennessee under nine and a half, which I'm definitely sticking with that. They're seven and three. They are versus Georgia versus Vandy bowl game. They basically have to win all three of those to hit. So I think the under safe there. Miami under seven and a half. That's another one that's tight. So there's six and four. We've got uh, Louisville at BC in a bowl game left. We got to win two of those. Yeah, I just don't think they're good. I mean, I, I we should have we should have beaten them. That that would have gotten me the under right there if we'd won that game. And then I got a little out over my skis. I did uh -huh. my salty Virginia Tech under five and a half. And now I've got to eat crow. They're five and five. They play uh, NC State and us. And then probably a bowl game. So I've got to sell that one. So wait, so they play NC state and you, so who do you think that they're going to lose to? Well, I mean, they're going to beat NC state. So they're going to beat Virginia beat, is what you're saying. We're beating Virginia tech. That's my bold prediction for this year. We've got four nice. losses by three points or fewer. Love we're going to beat tech, but, I, but they're going to, they're going to win more than. Who's, I have been a Virginia fan all year and you know this to be true. Cause when y'all played in good games, I've, I've been like, who's I'm rooting for you. So I'm still, I'm still pulling for you. It's been uh man. It's been rough. I'm not even going to complain about the Louisville game because as you all know, I never complain about the officiating. I'll just say the last, the last few games have been a little rough. <laughs> all right. So we did pretty well. We only had a couple that were bombs there. I think each of us probably have one that we would take back, but that's, I mean, listen, giving my betting history, that's, that's a pretty good percentage for me. All right, so next up, we've got our mailbag question. This week's question comes to us from friend of the podcast, Twitter user at Jay-Z Price, who asks, got a lot of themes going this week. Uh, A&M is hiring a head coach from another sport, Ted Lasso style. Who's on the short list, and what sport do you pull them from? So, Casey, who are you going to line up for the Aggies to take on as their new head coach? Finally, this is a great question, Mr. Italicized. I don't know if you follow him on Twitter. It's something about a italicis. I I can't even say the word italicization or something like that. Anyway, <laughs> the figurative body of Jimbo Fisher isn't even warm yet, and here we are talking about going full Ted Lasso on Texas. And I am here for it, all of it. Let's see. I racked my brain for this one, and I think the only correct answer here would be former Clemson and Wyoming basketball coach Larry Shiat. Now, you yeah. guys probably have never heard of Larry Shiat, but Coach Shiat was great at picking up the pieces at Clemson after Rick Barnes left in the middle of the night for Texas back in 1998, I believe. He wrecked the basketball program for the better part of 20 years since, but he'd be perfect 
for Texas A&M because really, in my heart of hearts, he'd be great at making that program worse than Jimbo currently left it. And really, that would warm my heart this holiday season. That was as random a reference as we've had on the show. I like that. Well, I told you I was having a hard time with this one. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what that's what I love. And about truth it. be told, he's one of my favorite people on the planet. So just, just not a good basketball coach. All right, Joy, who's your ideal choice to replace Jimbo? This is like a this is twofold for me because it would make me love Texas A and M football, which we all know like would make us like I would die. Hell, would have frozen over. But I am going with former LSU basketball coach, current McNeese State basketball coach, Will Wade. Will, as we all know, was excused of his duties from LSU because he cheated. And you can't see this, listeners, but um, they all can. I'm putting that in quotation marks because if you're not cheating, you're not trying. And after what we've seen all of the other schools' punishments be, we really wouldn't have even gotten one. But – Texas A&M will do anything to win, as we've learned in the last 24 hours. They're willing to pay a coach almost $77 million to not coach because he can't win games. And we all know that Will Wade would go to dramatic extremes to make sure that they would win. And not to mention, he's just fun. He would be just as mouthy as Jimbo was. The difference is that he would actually back it up. So I am going with Will Wade. He is just my obvious choice. We've got two basketball coaches so far. I like it. All right, MBG. Well, I'm going to add to this. I would say Kim Mulkey. I would love to see Kim yes! Mulkey. <laughs> Roman the silence. Seems like Texas A&M could use some intensity uh, there on the sidelines that uh, Jimbo might have lacked. So seeing Kim Mulkey in a pantsuit on the sideline, getting get in guys' face, I would love it. I'll be honest. I thought that was all joy. I did too, actually. That's why Mulkey, I was that's why I asked I Kim Mulkey. Yeah, hundred percent. I had to go Will Wade just because I was thinking about like dramatic extremes. But I would love to see Kim. Can you imagine the outfits? Oh my gosh, they would be amazing. Her coaching football would be hilarious, actually. So um, I had two thoughts. My initial thought, which wasn't as good as my the one I landed on, was if they wanted another Jimbo, which is someone who's weird and the game has passed them by. I went with a basketball coach too. I had Phil Jackson because he's just a little off and like obviously his last stint with the Knicks didn't go well. So that seemed like a good fit there. But then, and I'm going to fully admit that I asked my college buddies about this and one of them fed me this answer and it was too perfect not to use. Even though she's not a coach, Megan Rapinoe, like having an outspoken purple haired lesbian as a coach (laughs) in college station would be the best reality show of all time. I mean, that would just be phenomenal so heads would explode i'm, I'm all in on man sure you know she's done playing now so i'm sure she's she gonna fit get right in, in in texas too <laughs> yeah i think she has similar belief systems to their politicians mm. yeah <laughs> i'm sure that would i'm sure that her whole thing would go over very well there so yeah that's what i'm rooting for all right happen. so that brings us brings us to our next segment genius of the week as always each of us is going to nominate a player, coach, team, conference mascot. Someone who did something dumb this week, put to a Twitter vote and see who wins. For our last vote, my nominee, the Texas Southern tuba heckler, won with 56% of the vote, followed by Joy's nominee, Shane Beamer, with 25%. Casey's nominee, Gerard Parker, came in third with 14%. And MBG's nominee, Owen the Master Bates, came in fourth <laughs> with 5%. <laughs> what you yeah, got to do, man? So <laughs> it just MBGs are just fun to say, right? <laughs> so now I'm in the lead with 16 wins. Joy and Casey have nine each. Courtney has one. MBG, you still have zero. This was the hardest time I had finding an example. Casey, we cannot school. let him lap us. He's going to. No, <laughs> one of us has to win, Casey. <laughs> well, you got a good one this week. I think. Channel your like imagine I'm Tyler from Spartanburg yelling at you. Like okay. right. <laughs> we, we're on now. <laughs> so uh mbj i had to go to the michigan high school ranks to find a 35 game losing streak so you're now on 35 for reference you've now matched the new haven rockets a michigan high school who lost 35 straight games before knocking off the madison heights eagles 38 to 16 in september of last year i remember so, that night well i do <laughs> <laughs> that was a cold one i remember yeah. 
So uh, as always, you're in fine company, MBG. All right, Casey, here we going with this week. I'm taking a major audible here, and I'm going. I'm, I'm going with someone that was fed to me, or actually fed to us in a group chat, and that's at Ryan McCollum. Well, what's his what's his name on Twitter here? I can't even. I don't know. It's it's Ryan McCallum, Ski Boy Lightning, and he put it in the chat. So, I, and you know, everyone knows that I script my stuff, so I'm a little bit flustered right now. But I'm going with this week. <laughs> Uh, UCLA recruits on official visits were the ones who robbed Colorado's locker room at the Rose Bowl as my genius of the week. It just came out. Here, here's the here's what Barstool.com. This is like breaking news right now, Casey. Wait, yeah, what? I haven't heard this. You haven't heard this? Oh, no. at 4.30 this afternoon. It was a, uh, on Barstool.com. Big Tennessee wrote the article here. And it's actually an on three report. It says it was a bizarre scene at the Rose Bowl on October 28th following Colorado's 28-16 loss to UCLA as a multitude of Buffalo's players were discovered with that their jewelry had been stolen from the visiting locker room. Who stole the jewelry was unknown until Sunday when Pasadena police confirmed the suspects tied to the theft were high school recruits on an official visit to UCLA. In their statement, the Pasadena police revealed the high schoolers allegedly took thousands of dollars in valuables from both locker rooms, including jewelry, headphones, and cash, according to initial report by the Coach JB show from Last Chance U, which was confirmed by Pasadena police detectives. The names haven't been released, but reports suggest that they all attend Beaumont High School, Riverside County. So for that, those four fine gentlemen who are signed, I think they already verbally committed to Ole Miss right after uh, <laughs> this report came out. They're my geniuses of the week. Breaking news on the MBG podcast here. All right, Joy. One of you guys has to win because I'm running away with this thing. So. Okay, who's calm down? It's not even fun anymore. We're still a Virginia fan. I mean, like, we got to give you some wins. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I have to be careful with this one because I don't want to come off as insensitive. But my genius of the week is Lane Kiffin for no other reason than the fact that, like, as a college football coach, everything you do and everything you say is being recorded, whether it be a video, a phone call, or anything of that nature. He had a player that stepped away from his program due to mental health issues. And while I firmly believe that that is a valid excuse, he apparently didn't communicate with Lane Kiffin and Lane didn't handle that very well. So he left him quite the the, the rough recording, basically telling him that if he didn't get his together, then he wasn't coming back and he was going to read him all of his rights. And I'm doing this very mildly right now, but if you want to Google it, you can. It's very obvious and very out there. And I am only picking Lane, not because of his stance, but I'm picking Lane because as the head coach of Ole Miss, especially at a program like Ole Miss, where Hugh Freeze formally got in trouble for things that happened on a cell phone, you should probably be careful about conversations that you have while you're on the phone with your players or anyone else for that matter, especially at a school like Ole Miss, where you know that they're bugging every single technological device that you have. So for that, Lane Kiffin is my genius of the week. Yeah, that was a, that was a rough listen. I like Lane, but that was, I mean, they, they, there are issues on both sides there, but that was, 100%. 100%. That was tough to listen to. All right, MBG. All right. I, I, I need to ask you. I, I didn't set it up for you. Well, I, I mean, I think it's the week because <laughs> I'm going to take us to Nagpur, India. You guys ever been to Nagpur? I, I have no college station. I hear it's beautiful. I can't, give you, I can't even give you one of my dumb responses tonight because I'm laughing already. <laughs> <laughs> for real, I hear it's beautiful this time of year in Nagpur. So we're going to go to Nagpur, India, and my genius of the week is my, my guy, Tejrang Balhavi. And I hate to do this because I know Tejrang is going to text me when, as soon as he hears the podcast <laughs> and, and ask why I'm doing this to him, but I have to. That's the worst thing that's ever happened to me. I just spit all over myself. <laughs> so here's what my boy Tejrang was up to. If you didn't know, Tejrang's a doctor in, in Nagpur. And in a case of shocking medical negligence, a doctor, Nejrang, uh, at a government-run hospital in Nagpur walked out of the operation theater midway after he, after he was angry at not being served tea. The incident happened at the local health center of Mauda Tehsil of Nagpur, 
uh, on November 3rd. Notably, eight women had been scheduled for family planning surgery on, on said day. After performing surgeries on four women and admini administering anesthesia to the rest of the female patients, the doctor... Tejrang Balavi requested a cup of tea from the hospital staff. However, when his request went unfulfilled, he unexpectedly left the operation theater without performing the remaining operations. So my man Tejrang for throwing a temper tantrum for not getting his tea and walking out mid-surgery is my genius of the week. Sorry, Tejrang. There's two sides <laughs> to every story, MBG. Yeah, I'm sure I'll get his. It. Yeah, Please post the screenshots of the text that he sends you. I will. All right. So I'm going with the Arkansas Razorbacks football team. This is another <laughs> tough week. I didn't think there were a ton that stood out, but I, I enjoyed this one. So apparently an Arkansas uh, player had to apologize after putting the Polar Express on a locker room TV during halftime of the Arkansas-Auburn game. This is weird to me for several reasons in no particular order. Arkansas was down 27-3 to at halftime. Their coach is on the hot seat. It's not even Thanksgiving yet, and Polar Express kind of sucks. So it was just a, a weird thing all the way around. The funniest part of this to me was that head coach Sam Pittman came out and said he didn't even know there was a TV in the locker room. Turns out that the Polar Express was being played in the redshirt locker room, which apparently is a totally separate locker room that their head coach has never set foot in before. I had no idea there was like a cast system in the locker room in you know, big time football programs. But for all of that ridiculousness, especially going on when there are rumors that Pittman's on his way out the door, uh, the Arkansas Razorbacks are my genius of the week. Of all the movies to watch. All right, before we move on to our next segment, we want to give a quick shout out to CFB Home for sponsoring the MBG podcast. You can find them on Twitter at CFB Home and online at fifthquarter.net. Also, we're doing a couple of cross promotions with other podcasts again this week. The first is with the Sickos Committee podcast. Their week 11 preview dropped last week with an episode titled Roger Sherman Live from a Mac Game in the Future. We're also doing a cross promotion with the Slander You podcast. They dropped two episodes last week, a week 10 review and a week 11 preview titled ATB Parts 1 and 2. We love both those shows, so check them out. All right, folks, we have another great guest lined up for you this week. This week's guest is one of the best college football analysts around. He founded the website Every Day Should Be Saturday. You can find him all over sports media, including the SEC Network and Sports Center. He also co-founded the storytelling portal Channel 6 with Holly Anderson and is co-host of one of my favorite podcasts, The Shutdown Fullcast. Welcome to the show, Spencer Hall. Yeah, pleasure to be here. So we thought we would kick things off like we always do by going around the horn, have each of us ask you a question and just let you cook. Does that work? Uh, yeah. That's, I mean, be warned. <laughs> <laughs> We're hungry, Spencer. Likewise, Spencer. Yeah, likewise. If you, if, you, if you ask a question, I may answer it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Casey, you want to kick it off? Sure, Spencer. Welcome to the MBG show. We're all huge fans of the full cast. I even listened the other night, uh, Saturday, or was it Saturday? Last Saturday on LinkedIn, which was a tremendous experience. We had Holly Anderson on a few weeks ago, and I asked her about my friend and college classmate, Lawrence Skip Long of Jeopardy fame, and it took a complete unexpected turn, which is kind of on brand for my opening question for guests. So here we go. I went down a Spencer Hall rabbit hole in preparation of this show and fell upon hours of gloriousness with your show thinking out loud on the sec network that was a really fun show i do have a problem with how nice you were to shane beamer though okay. which is which is everything i'm against but i can get over that <laughs> since you're here with us now but mm -hmm. with that being said can you give us like a fun story about paul feinbaum or something an interaction that you guys had together so yeah let me think about the funniest thing about paul and this was a recurring theme if Richard and I were on the show, there would be the topic of the day, and then there would be the thing that you probably didn't want to talk about because it's, you know, it's it's the SEC network and they like to keep it fun and light and uh, entertaining for the viewer or listener. And, you know, it'd kind of be ahead of time and be like, okay, here's what we're going to talk about. We'd be like, okay, cool, Paul. We're going to talk about, you know, fun thing one, fun thing two. Cool. And then like, the cameras would come on and he would he would start talking well hello welcome back to hour three of the fine bomb show we don't know how they've done it again but coming in is 
uh, Spencer Hall and Richard Johnson. Neither of you have keys and security's on the way, but while you're, you know, like he'd, you know, he'd yuck it up. And then he would immediately ask about the most controversial thing that he could possibly ask about. It was great. It was great. It was like, you know, hey, are we going to talk about, you know, the, the bad thing? No, we're not going to talk about the bad thing. We'll just keep it light. Cool. Immediately would steer us straight into that. I loved that about Paul. The Paul was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to touch it. But you guys, you guys, you have nothing to lose. I set you up. You have yeah. nothing to lose. I, I loved that about uh, working with Paul. It was Spencer. I went, I went on his show, and that kind of sounds like my experience, like, for some reason he was so confused that I wouldn't use my real name or put my face on the TV. And it was, I could tell it was like totally throwing him off. He'd be like, I don't know why I can't give, I don't know why you won't tell me your real name. Yeah. Whatever, whatever that the best part is. And, and he is a very, like I, I'm making him sound uh, like he's ambushing you or something. No, he's, he's very professional. Like he uh -huh. is the most helpful dude. If you need something, he is, you know, deeply appreciative. If you help him out, like it's, I have nothing but good things to say about Paul Feinbaum, which I know might be like a real disappointment, but he's... Well, as a Clemson alum and fan, uh, I don't understand his infatuation with our head coach. Uh, well, probably because if you if you say anything about Dabo, like the phones light up. That's a big... <laughs> that's why, yeah. That, that, right. That's a big key to it because Dabo is, Dabo's a lightning rod. So if it's a lightning rod, chances are Paul's going to strap it to someone's head. You know, that's, <laughs> I forgot about the engagement. That's smart. He's smart. Yeah, it is. I don't, you know, when you go, Oh, well, you know, does he, does he like Dabo? I'm like, I, Paul's been around so long. I don't know if like is an operant word for him. I know there's people he's friends with, you know, like sometimes he would just, you'd be talking with him and he would go, he'd casually mention something that implied a godlike knowledge of his subject matter. So profound insidery, exclusive and privileged that you just, you're like, what and <laughs> and he just you know like casually dropped that it was it was it was kind of breathtaking <laughs> all right joy what do you have for spencer well staying on subject with the best conference in college football spencer i want to know who your least favorite sec fan bases are i want to know the fans that you like can't stand to interact with huh yeah, this is this is odd because, uh, and I, I mean it. I, I think it's a, a shortcoming on my part. I'm I'm immensely comfortable with all of them. I've never like and and I think there's maybe a self selection bias there because in the SEC, I think um, I'm a little weird. So if you're if I'm you know if you're weird, they might come in, call you a nerd, and leave. That's it. You know like that's. <laughs> that's really the extent of it you know like alabama fans have been so happy for so long that i don't think the notion of being bothered by anything really you know they, like you, you don't understand alabama fans used to be like up in the grill of any columnist up and up in the mentions of anyone who had a, a problem with bama because bama had big problems then nick happened and that ended mm -hmm. it right just, it was just over so like they are, they are the most too blessed to be stressed fan base, like one hundred percent, and that's legit. Like, like that's one hundred percent how it is. For sure. Um, so the SEC, like I've never, I haven't really had bad run-ins with with anybody consistently there. The worst ones are Ohio State, like nationally. Amen, Spencer. They're they're just they're not there's. <laughs> There's no fun. There's no fun. And they're dull and, and belligerent and they do Ohio. Yeah. You know, like I know, I know the eight really cool Ohio state fans. I know them all. So, you know, if you're listening to this and you think you're a cool Ohio state fan, I don't know you. I have some bad news. For you. you know, but they're just, they're just, man. they're just totally, you know, they'd be like, you suck at your, you suck at your job. And I'm like, so do you. Makes two of us. I love that. It's oh, so good. All right, Spencer. So I'm going to take you back just four short years ago. Uh, the Florida Gators, Virginia Cavaliers squared off in the 2019 Orange Bowl. Turned out to be a highly entertaining game. Florida won 36 28. Florida finished the season 11 and 2, I think ranked number six. We actually won nine games that year. Um, since then, we've combined for one winning season. We're both on year two of new coaching regimes with 
mixed results. My question for you is, how are you coping with this? Because I'm, I'm struggling the last few years. It's tough. It's tough. I, I encourage you just turn it off sometimes. <laughs> I'm not so good at that. <laughs> if you don't need it, like, like seriously, it's just like, I don't know. You don't need that shit in your life. Like, you know, you got enough stress. You have enough. There's enough bad things happening. Uh, getting up's hard enough. So if uh, you got to know this, too, like if you're if you're over 30, uh, hopefully you got some other things going on in life. Um, you undoubtedly, sometimes they overwhelm your casual interest. Let them just let them for a minute. You know, like I have to keep track of what's happening at Florida because it's, you know, it's part of my job. Um, it's not necessarily yours. You can just let that <laughs> go. You don't need it. <laughs> you know, like Wait. I encourage it. You can come back, come back when it's good. I'm all in favor of bandwagoneering because if, if you just need to take a little time off because it's making you unhappy if it's affecting you physically which at times like florida has been so bad i'm like i need to go outside i can't i can't do this oh i take at least one stroll outside during every uva game usually several so yeah you might yeah i was just keep, i was impressed you might just want to keep walking tweets you know keep going <laughs> in, in, inner city baltimore who's the only thing i took from that is That's that he looks like he's over 30. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm well over 30. <laughs> keep like if, and you know what? Just keep walking. Maybe. I don't know. Give it a day or two. See where you I end like up. the idea that a three hour walk in downtown Baltimore at night is probably safer for me health wise than watching UVA. <laughs> if you're the only guy walking on the street, they're going to be like, don't mess with them. <laughs> the eye patch will scare everyone away. That's right. He's exactly. crazy. <laughs> what on on that note, Spencer? This wasn't this wasn't uh, on my list of questions for you, but I'm curious your thoughts on Billy Napier because I know Florida some Florida fans uh, are fed up. Um, are you more wanting to be patient with Napier, or are you fed up as well? I mean, oh, what this is my favorite. It's like, yeah, we're fed up with Billy. It, <laughs> cool. <laughs> I'm glad you're in touch with your feelings and you're expressing it. <laughs> Do you do you do you want to pay a thirty million dollar buyout to hire someone? You know, I heard A like, and M has an extra thirty million if you need to borrow it. Uh, I don't want the terms that come with that. There's a monkey's <laughs> paw attached to that money. I've seen it; it's cursed, you know. And we got we have enough curses of our own at the moment, you know. There's there's not a lot that's been going well over the last fifteen years. So, I, I mean, yeah, I, I get you. You're fed up. But right now you're kind of locked into this because the current plan is to recruit, 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 and then uh, let the process work. We're very much in a uh, we're very much in a Philadelphia 76er space, which does scare me because that didn't work. Trust in that process. Yeah, which you know it, it like I I tweet that out occasionally, and it's like half joking, but at the same time, it's almost not because I'm like keep the next class in like. I've seen plenty of coaches who suck at the actual game day stuff uh, succeed because they recruited. And right now, Billy's recruiting. So, like, I'm hoping that talent yeah. can kind of help overcome the incompetence disorganizationally that, that they've displayed from time to time. Like, there's a lot of things that aren't working right now. Um, we might be looking for a new defensive coordinator because th this ain't working. Um, they, they said this is a serious football note, but, like, Nick Saban said he was made a coordinator too early. Like Nick got appointed uh, at defensive coordinator and I believe was fired at Toledo, mm -hmm. I want to say. Um, and he always said he got appointed, he, he got the job too young. And Austin Armstrong is like 27, 28. Like he's, he's a baby. Born. He's a baby. And, oh my God. And I, I you know, know like, young. yeah. And it's one of those things where you go, well, I mean, you might, you might grow into the gig. You really might, and I think that's what Billy's hoping is going to happen. But at the same time, this might have come too soon for you, and you'll end up, you know, losing the job. Like that is a very real possibility, especially when you give up 700 yards to LSU. Like at this point, the numbers are like so bad that the idea of not doing anything is insane to me. So that and that wasn't the area that I thought they would need help in. Wasn't the area anyone thought they'd need help in? Spencer, you and I have that in common. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I didn't think LSU's defense was going to need help either. They, they got a lot of help on, on Saturday night. 
from Jaden Daniels. <laughs> they, look, he is he's just him. But I I'm with you on the defensive side of the ball. There's nothing more frustrating. There's a defensive coordinator available that just got fired in Starkville. Just yeah, FYI. we'll see. I Brian think he's, Hel- you, he's Brian Hel- somewhere. Brian you know Hill is going to have to humble himself and admit he was wrong. So we'll see how that goes for you us. You know where? Well, here's the other thing. First thing Brian Kelly's done. I, I know two jobs he's done this, or actually three jobs. All three jobs he has. The first, he has the same speech when he shows up, which is, "Y'all got the last guy fired, and that's not going to be me." Mm-hmm. That's that's day one for Brian Kelly is establishing mm-hmm. terms of engagement. He did that at Cincinnati, according to the Kelseys. He did that at Notre Dame, according to someone I know who played there when he was there. And he did that at LSU. So there's absolutely no way that wasn't the message. And that goes for the coaches as well. So I, I don't think like this isn't admitting he was wrong. Brian Kelly's going to be like, whoop, seat's getting a little hot. <laughs> I just have one quick question and it'll be short. How do you feel about Corey Raymond? Um, that's a little less charitable. I don't know what he does. Um, I don't like DP coach. Yeah, I don't know what he does. That's what I'm saying. I know, I know that's his title. <laughs> he knows his title. He just doesn't know functionally what he does. Yeah, like we've got we're we're missing basic run fits. Like that's not that that and you know that could be fixed. That could be fixed. That's something where. You should be able to fix that in a week or two. And instead, Kentucky runs for 300 on us. And Jaden Daniels, Jaden Daniels is very good. He shouldn't have 600 yards of offense. Now, if you told me, oh, he had 400, I'd be like, well, there's no preventing that. But like, you shouldn't have that much free room to move. And a lot of that happens because you're not lined up right. And this is not week two. This is not week one. We're we're deep into the season. And y'all still can't get lined up right. So... I mean, maybe the recruiter as coach thing has its limitations and we're seeing it in real time. Spencer, you've caught on quickly, my friend. You've caught on quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Spencer, we're going to go through some message board posts, um, some crazy ones this week, but I wanted to ask you first off, do you find yourselves on the Florida, on yourself on the Florida message board? You have a handle and everything or... If I did, would I tell you? <laughs> of course you would. No, but, but I'll tell you this. No guest ever admits to being on the message board. So you've already come one step maybe further yeah. than anyone yeah. else. I mean, I wouldn't, tell, I wouldn't tell anybody if I did. You know? um, no one has admitted it. So I do I do have a couple. Well, yeah. I mean, I just, I just don't want anybody to find me. I mean, you can keep looking, but, you know. We don't out people. I'm really good at this. Spencer, you don't seem like the kind. You don't seem like you would have the type of opinions that I'm looking for uh, on the message brand. Um, in theory, it would be. In theory, it would be more fun to post bait. It really would. Nobody does that, though, right? You know. Uh, you know what? I, I think the amount of bait is substantially lower than people think. I do. I, I think there's just a lot of people out there posting with their whole heart, and that just so happens to be the case of somebody with an absolutely deranged heart doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree with you because people will accuse, like I'll post a, a post and someone will say, well, that's a troll. That's bait. So I'll go look at this person's like uh, posting history just to see if maybe right. that's the case. They have 25,000 posts on this message board. <laughs> yeah. It's hardly ever the case. I mean, no, there's a lot, a lot of people out here. Again, they're, they're posted for their lives. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, and I love it. Um, so let's, uh, let's start with some posts. I figure it would be uh, podcast malpractice if we didn't visit with the Michigan fans uh, this week. Um, typically, we start the post segment off talking about the best meltdown of the week, which typically comes as a result of a game having lost or maybe almost lost a game. Um, but Michigan fans melted down uh, before the games even started this week when Jim Harbaugh got suspended. I think the suspension was maybe announced Friday by the Big Ten, either Thursday night or Friday morning. And so this was some Michigan fans' initial reactions just to Jim Harbaugh's suspension. So on Michigan Insider, uh, this guy, Dissabal, says, bury Ohio State legally, no mercy, if 
slash when Michigan starts a new conference. Leave Ohio State, Michigan State, Rutgers, Purdue out of it. Also, many other snakes that colluded against Michigan. Judgment Day has arrived for the Big Ten. Next guy says, Matt Paul, he says, let's go independent. Another guy says, let's go independent and start talking to the four West Coast teams about adding them and Notre Dame after this contract in 2030. And then there was another guy on the on the fort who said, let's just build a super conference. Pipe, pipe dream, probably. <laughs> but if Michigan leaves the, the Big Ten and goes this route, who are you taking? Be realistic. Bama ain't leaving the SEC. And then he says, Michigan, Stanford, Notre Dame, USC, Oregon, Cal, Washington, Oklahoma, Florida State, and Clemson because he's being realistic. Um, that's the starting point for smart. me. How much that I, this, is, this is really smart. <laughs> <laughs> so that's four posts, but I'll tell you, there was, I mean, posts galore and I think tweets galore of Michigan fans wanting to leave the Big Ten because they've been treated unfairly. Legit? Yeah, legit. This, this is, <laughs> like, I think this dude's going places. <laughs> um, this, this might be this might be someone in the administration and I'm not, I don't really, I, I don't really tell jokes. I don't like this is, I mean, I think we, we're, we've seen this week that if you think they're joking about switching conferences, they're not, you know, like you have to, this has to be a thing. Cause like there is a little, like, obviously this is a, a message board poster and um, he's, he's got a lot on his heart. He's very passionate and um, he's not entirely connected to reality, but I will tell you this, he's what? not entirely unconnected to it either. Cause this is something Michigan has to do. They have to be like, you, you can't let the big 10 think they're people. You can't let them think they're anything <laughs> other than a pet of the schools, you know, and you can't let your fellow conference mates, unless you're Ohio state, think that they have stake. They can't at this point, they have to behave more like Texas. They have to say, oh, that's cute. What if we made our own conference? Like that's <laughs> that's literally what this dude's doing. But that's actually like been a consistent thought behind a lot of the people who are going, well, how do we actually get Michigan out of this? And one way is to just be unilateral, threaten, flex. I'm curious, like what your, what your thought is about this Michigan situation? Um, like how serious do you think those allegations are? Does Michigan have a right to be so upset with the big 10 that they're, that they're going to threaten to leave the conference? Not that Michigan institutionally is threatening to leave the conference, but I mean, what are your thoughts on that generally? My thoughts on it is that it's all very stupid. I mean, it's a very, it's dumb. Like this is the dumbest <laughs> story. And in addition to it being very, very, very stupid, um, it has the worst thing, which is a little grain of reality to it, that there's this one little NCAA rule and one little sportsmanship, uh, I believe, rule in the Big Ten's bylaws that actually means that you have to take this seriously. It sucks. It sucks so much that you actually have a slight point here. Because I, I have no problem with sign stealing. None. None. I really, I, I short of breaking actual laws to do it, I have no uh, concerns about it because good teams already prepare for it anyway. And I am so, so amused by how hard they went at this thing that may or may not actually convey a serious competitive advantage. That's the most Michigan part of it, that they honor student it, right? That they were like, <laughs> yeah, we're going to do this harder and better than anyone. <laughs> you know that's the dumbest part that they did this so much harder than anyone that somebody was like i'm gonna reduce it to a science and then i'm going to demand credit for it and stand next to hardball like this, <laughs> like this football stalker who which is which is what like talk to anybody who's around the program like actual sort of like is this dude okay like yeah that kind of behavior somebody who was this serious about something this deeply unserious um it's absolutely bizarre wasn't the guy a a vacuum cleaner salesman no he had a the other part <laughs> it's funnier yeah he had a he had a business like an online business where he sold refurbished vacuum cleaners 
and most of his customers were spectacularly unhappy about it. <laughs> yeah, like, like a 2.8 review average. He had, he had a very low customer rating. <laughs> I think my favorite dynamic on this whole thing is, is that Michigan is now blaming this entire thing on Ryan Day in Ohio State as if that rivalry needed any more uh fuel to the fire that now there's this whole added element that's going to come in and whether they play in two weeks of yep. they think ryan day snitched on him and that he hired this private investigator i mean i've been saying this for a long time that that game is it was already going to be a huge game and now all of a sudden the intensity in that game is going to be enormous <laughs> it's going to be it's it always is though like i don't the, the, every year there's a, a neurosis that comes into this game and Michigan carried it for about a decade and now it's Ohio State's turn and that fear is that you know that they've got our number that that this is that it's over that the run is over and now like we'll be chasing Michigan which is a great great indignity for the other team in the rivalry no matter who it is because both of them believe they are truly better than the other for entirely different reasons and there is a little bit of extra heat due to the fact that you know they are bending over backwards trying to find ways of putting this on Ohio State that they started this all but there's no shortage of snitches in Michigan and really Michigan told on themselves <laughs> yes. you know more than anything right, else right. by doing it this blatantly other programs didn't do that other programs have this guy i don't know his name i don't i don't have posts from his neighbors talking about his failed eyesore of a vacuum cleaner restaining like refurbishment service. I don't, that's not how this works, man. Y'all, y'all put it on front street, you know, don't blame somebody else for noticing it. Speaking of idle threats from Michigan, did you all see these, these were Twitter posts from this guy, David Schuster. I guess he's a TV journalist who was tagging Disney and ESPN about because he's all fired up about how fine Baum has talked about Michigan. And he said, Dear Disney chairman, uh, Bob Iger, my family and I were planning a week long trip to Walt Disney World in 2024. Now we've paused reservation given ESPN's college game day, which Disney ABC oversees. If fine Baum isn't fired, ESPN, our family will go to Six Flags. I don't know why. But he had people trying to cancel their ESPN apps. I mean, he he was just going nuts. So yeah, yeah. David Schuster, David Schuster had a complete like Fukushima <laughs> meltdown <laughs> over this, and and did it to the point where a lot of Michigan fans are in his mentions like, please stop. Like, please. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's please. when you know it's bad, yeah. right? When the Michigan Twitter is telling you you've gone too far. That's yeah. <laughs> Please, please. I had to double check. I had to double check the account to make sure it wasn't uh, just a troll account. But no, it was him. Yeah, he was fired up. Yep. Yeah, no, he's getting he's getting those tweets off, man. <laughs> yeah, Spencer, you ever been to Six Flags over Georgia down there? Oh yeah, it's it's not too far. It's just down twenty the other way. It's just it's just like Magic Kingdom, right? I just got back from Magic Kingdom, <laughs> Animal Kingdom. I, mean. I, I I did tweet about this, so you know this is at the risk of it. hey, as I tweeted, but I did. I did sort of wonder. I was like, man, if you want to tell your kids that they're going to Six Flags instead of Disney, I, I, you know, I can hand you the gun, you know, or I can just watch you shoot yourself. Can you imagine that? Talk to the kids like, hey, but this is, we've got to get Paul Feinbaum fired. It's all for the sacrifice. And they're like, the kids are like, who the hell is Paul Feinbaum? <laughs> He's so close to retirement. If you got Paul Feinbaum fired, he'd just be like, well, I guess I'll go travel with the wife. You know, that's, you might be doing him a favor, man. Like, that doesn't look like Mickey. Yeah. This is, wait, I'm in a parking lot across from the QT of I 20. The hotels aren't really the same either. No, I know where that hotel I've is. I've stayed it's there not, right not across the street. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you telling me you, your kids wouldn't rather have a picture with Yosemite Sam than uh, Minnie Mouse? They don't know who Yosemite <laughs> Sam is. This IP is not relevant to their lives. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's move on to 
a few more. We know our friend Jimbo Fisher got fired. Um, that was good news for some, bad news for others. Um, but Texas A&M fans were quick to compile a list of replacements for Jimbo Fisher on the message boards. So I'm just going to read through the list, Spencer, and you tell me which ones will work, which ones won't. So the first guy, and obviously the first choice when a school needs a new coach, the first guy says, get Urban Meyer and let's quit screwing around and win this thing. The next one was curious. Uh, this guy wanted Dave Aranda. Um, oh, that's that's an error. <laughs> then, <laughs> the next guy wanted his dark horse as a Mormon guy with the initials of KW. Kyle Whittingham? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, he's not. Um, you can't pull him out of Utah with a crowbar. It's not happening. Mm -hmm. No. And the next guy yeah. says, go go big, go Dabo. Don't overthink this. No. <laughs> that's no that's and I always say this too that like there is a, a thread of a thread of hope for this young person um, <laughs> and I assume they're young because that means that they have not watched a significant amount of Davos when he's tenure at Clemson but what that means is that he's really only super valuable at Clemson that's you know the idea of him being as valuable anywhere else to me doesn't fly because he's so He's built something there. He's so embedded there. He would have to start over and without like a lot of the kind of natural connections that he had to the program to begin with as an assistant. Um, I don't see him being more valuable anywhere else. However, however, don't if you anybody's willing to overpay on a speculative bet, it's <laughs> Texas A&M. <laughs> yep. All right. How about this one? This one I know you're going to love. I already Jim, know where this is going. Jim Harbaugh, that's the guy. We can give him the full support he's not getting at Michigan. You know who might buy that would be Jim Harbaugh. Jim would be like, <laughs> it took him too long to defend me. <laughs> Guarantee you. That's, that's, I, I guess if they asked him, they'd be like, what's your biggest beef right now? He's like, yeah, they didn't, they didn't have my back fast enough. He doesn't seem like the type to hold a grudge, does he? <laughs> um next question all right the next one this one we're, we're getting better as we go pete carroll for head coach i mean he's still got 20 years left in his coaching career so <laughs> it's a possibility and what better place to spend it than college station a guy like a like like a guy whose only experience on the east coast was absolute misery mm -hmm. yeah i don't that's right. That dude's, that dude's <laughs> never leaving. That dude's never leaving the West Coast. Okay, we're gonna get better as we go. This is the next one's a guy I didn't even know was still alive. Gary Kubiak. No. <laughs> is he like seventy-five years old? I mean, Gary Kubiak at fifty. No. <laughs> He's sixty-two. Sixty-two for reference. Oh. Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. The, the next one is was older than me. <laughs> All right, Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell's come up a couple times, and that one at least makes some sense because he went there. He's a Texas guy. Like that at least makes some sense. Though taking the NFL, taking a gig from NFL to AM is delusional because once you're in the league, yeah. you just get jobs in the league forever and right. you don't have to recruit. Yep. Yep. Seems like a much easier gig there. Yeah, I think so. All right. The last one I know you're going to love. Uh, Will Muschamp. This guy sure. says, I preface it by saying I know very little about his recruiting ability and how he runs a program, but he fits, <laughs> fits the mold of what Billy has been saying about Kiffin and Sark, former head coach at Power Program, now a successful coordinator. Is Absolutely he... not. No, <laughs> none of these things are true. <laughs> maybe the part maybe the part where he said i i don't know much about how he runs the program no you do not you would not be making this recommendation if you did is he still the head coach in waiting at texas um yes <laughs> i thought i'd get you to bite on the last one spencer i thought for sure um you'd go with will muschamp no no i'm not even i'm not that mean i don't Are want that really not was there really not one post that said Dion should be the head coach at AM? No, that was Stephen A. Smith said it this morning. There there was, but Dion seems like it's a potentially realistic hire. I don't know. What do you think, Spencer? Um, so with Dion, 
the thing that would probably, I mean, if I said this, you'd go, there's no way it's going to happen. I would counter with, I want you to imagine that man recruiting in Texas. Right. That's a, that's a problem. That yes. is, <laughs> that is because I, I will tell you, he's, he's not going to get talent at Colorado. It's just not it, like the kind of right. talent that they need is not coming, is not coming there. It's not, you might get a little bit of it, but the greatest indicator for whether somebody is going to come to your school or not remains, is it within 250 miles of my house? That's, that is the greatest indicator of recruiting success when it comes to individual targets. Right. And that's, that's actually from a, uh, an economics paper by several students at the Ohio state university. So <laughs> I spoke ill of them before, but as an academic institution, they've obviously produced one very important work. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, a lot of people will say they won't do it because, uh, they, he's so, he doesn't, <laughs> That's not that's not an Aggie. That's not an Aggie. That's not Aggie style. That's not how we do it. <clears throat> I'll grant you a lot of that. I'll also grant you that, or you'll have to grant me the idea of him recruiting in Texas mm -hmm. is the, the thought would be that he would be a menace. And oh, yeah, that could be that could be very real. Also, he'd leave. He would 100% leave his current job. Yep. Well, plus, I think you don't pay $76 million to jump Jim, dump Jimbo Fisher and then go around and hire Mike Elko. I mean, you might. Me... Yeah, like, I know, I know people are saying whoa, this now. Whoa. I think that I think they need to get it out of their heads, you know, and you go, hey, you don't fire Jimbo. Okay, well, first of all, you weren't getting anything with Jimbo. Like, let's stop. Let's stop acting like that means anything, right? Like, ah, oh, you know, hey, you don't get rid of this. No, he had a high price tag. His performance was pedestrian. Right, you okay. were you were an eight and four coach, <laughs> so you don't get rid of six years of an eight and four coach for what? You want to get rid of it for a better coach, whoever yep. that is, and yep. and if you can save money on it, it's not like you established a floor on what you'll or you established like a floor or ceiling on what you'd pay, right? Like the guy, the next guy can come in and be like, I want seventy million guaranteed over ten years, and they'd be like, Nope, sorry, <laughs> stupid, stupid doesn't live here anymore. Right. Like that's. <laughs> at least for a while it's not happening <laughs> i also think that we like everyone's forgetting that there's a different athletic director like yep. they've transitioned leadership where, where did that guy to, where, where did that guy go that guy oh. went to to my <laughs> beloved university i'm my biggest conspiracy theory of all time is that scott woodward knew who's going to lsu when he made the jimbo contract but anyways i think there's been a transition in leadership so i think the idea that they're going to go for the like big name home run whole thing i think is a little bit asinine i think you've got to give credit to the new leadership and they might just maybe just make a smart decision which i don't think mike elko is a dumb one I'll but why elko would he could... take a step down job i know duke to a m is just Listen, take elko casey let him let them take elko I'd, I know. I'd love to do it. is like please take elko so we can have more <laughs> points yeah, they beat schedule. us this year too that dude is a that dude is a football type football coach like yeah, there's, yeah. There's, I'm, I'm hoping A&M doesn't. I'm devastated about the Jimbo loss, who I've lost my entire personality in now and hating Jimbo. So I hope they don't hire Elko. I hope they hire someone else I can hate just as much. But I wanted to thank Spencer, too, because I've fully enjoyed the Jimbo experience so far. And I had forgotten until I was scrolling through your Twitter about when his nephew tried to fight Kevin Falk, which is one uh -huh. of the funniest things. Ever. That's good. So, first of all, first of all, we're out here hiring nephews. Great hiring <laughs> practices there. Great job. I'm sure that resume checked out. Um, you know, that's one like, of my favorite pictures of all time is Kevin just both ready to just knock him out. Yeah, Hillary. Well, Hillary. Where Kevin Falk is just staring at him like, "What? What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, like, do you not know murder is staring you in the face? Right. <laughs> There's nobody I would rather be today than Dan Lanning's agent. With all the job openings. It's so good. It'd, it'd, be, it'd be the best job on the planet right now. Easiest job on the planet. Dan Landing right now, the only disadvantage of being Dan Landing is that the the hype at this point is too good. Like it's yeah. Tom Herman good. And that <laughs> that can be kind of a come down. But yeah, no, a dude appears to be completely on point with uh, everything that he does. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's also in a place that really, really loves him a lot. So... I think it might be harder to pry him out of there than one thought, unless it's like a blue ribbon can't miss job, which frankly, 
the A and M job, it's only a blue ribbon paycheck. That place has its challenges. Yep. Yeah, but that's good enough yeah, to get more money out of Oregon, for correct. sure. Correct. I saw a lot of yeah. Aggie fans saying that it's a better job than Oregon. I, I don't know about that. I mean, I think it can uh, get them a raise, but I especially don't, not going to the Big Ten. I was gonna say, you yeah. don't think Dan Lanning's like, who am I gonna be playing? Oh, Ooh. I'm gonna be playing. I'm gonna be playing Purdue. Per, really? Don't oh. you dare slander Rutgers, <laughs> Spencer. I'm gonna. Which, <laughs> <laughs> Dan Lanning's going to go out there and he's going to get his bushel of three and four stars with the occasional five star. Uh, he's going to roll up and that week he's going to be watching Rutgers game tape and going, <laughs> I don't know if I have the strength to be this amoral with what we're about to do. <laughs> Thank you for that. All right, let's close this out. Let's go back to the SEC. There's one post that um, I wanted to talk about before we closed out. It comes from a Tennessee board. And I don't know how often you visit Tennessee board, Spencer, but conspiracy theories uh, are a plenty on the Tennessee. I grew boards. up in Tennessee, so yeah. Oh, I'm you not, did? Yeah. Oh. Conspiracy theories. Yeah. <laughs> well, this was a good one. And this one comes from BallQuest. The title is uh, Dogs Using Chemtrails. Mm-hmm. What, are, what are the odds that it has naturally, in quotation marks, been very rainy in their two biggest games against the two of the best offenses they face in back-to-back years? Already evidence of them doing this, and they should absolutely receive the death penalty, forfeit their endowment to villages in Africa, and be made to forfeit any and all wins under Kirby Smart. So, uh, so let me just go ahead and, and salute this gentleman for first of all it's a good conspiracy theory if it's in complete defiance of scientific fact or even basic weather that's really good because north georgia is one of the rainiest parts of the united states atlanta is as rainy and sometimes rainier than seattle like but you know what the theory's great so i just encourage you one to ignore that you know <laughs> second of all we know how much the vaunted Georgia offense relies on high-flying passing. Right, that was not, my thought. And not an offensive line built entirely of, like, power lifters, you know? <laughs> like, that's that to me is the, my favorite accusation because it implies, well, you know, if it's if it's if it's not raining you know like, hey, you know, we can get that. No, nobody has an advantage over them. Have you seen have you seen who's on their team? <laughs> have you seen Spencer, who's on a- their team? I'm going to tell you my favorite part about this post. You can see that there was a link there below um, Mm -hmm. talking about some weather modification in Georgia and some studies that were done. Mm -hmm. What this poster failed to recognize was that this was done in the country of Georgia and not the state of Georgia. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) I do love, I love that too. Cause like, even if you don't see that it's the country of Georgia, um, then you could go, if we could control the weather here, we would. Have you been here in July? You turn the you turn the <laughs> down. <laughs> We'd be doing a lot more of that. So you don't subscribe to Kirby modifying the No, weather. actually, I do one hundred percent. I would believe. <laughs> yeah, anything. you fully subscribe to it, right? No, I told. Yeah, I'm telling you, this is the dumbest theory yet, and that's why it's the one I'm going to subscribe to. <laughs> we'll send you the yeah, link. My, my favorite, my favorite response on this was. Someone on Twitter said, this is one of the more logical theories I've seen from a ball fan, which I thought was awesome. <laughs> that, is, that is also true. That is also true. My favorite thing, one time I went home and I went to uh, a strip mall gym while I was in town. And I have, um, I, at this point, I was a pretty big power lifting, heavy lifting snob. So like I'm in the rack. I'm probably listening to some form of death metal and feeling very intense about things. And there are three kind of like you know rowdy uncle looking dudes who are all over on the bicep curl bench and they are all taking turns just doing curls that's it taking like five minutes in between so i'm already like oh this is good uh and i'm watching these dudes and i'm listening to another conversation and i hear one of them go so you know the park police they ordered um the park police ordered like, you know, oh, damn, I don't know. They ordered like 20,000 cases of ammo, and they got a bunch of AR-15s. 
And that's how Obama's going to get around not using the military. He's arming the park police. So it'll be the National Park Police. And they're going to... I'm like, oh my God, it's amazing. This is amazing. <laughs> Great. These guys are these guys are prepping for the apocalypse. They'll be like, you know the key to surviving? Leg day? No, not leg day. Cardio? Hell no. Bicep curls. Bicep curls. <laughs> I'm just gonna be doing these curls. bicep curls. So so when the cannibal liberals pull up, I'll be like, check out these guns. I don't mean the ones in my truck. What do you and think I'm, the conversation was to get them to the gym? <laughs> like like were they like hey man you just want to go ahead and talk obama conspiracies like, over on the preacher curl bench and they're like oh yeah man hold on let me let me let the dog out let me let the dog out and i'll be over <laughs> you know i kind of like that it's like very innocent you know like hey i'm gonna go play with tommy we're gonna do conspiracy theories maybe work out a little bit you know for my heart for my health and they go they don't touch a treadmill they're not doing a single like they're not doing a single compound lift they're just over there doing curls and being like yeah so jade helm was supposed to go down but the liberals found out about it so now they won't make it a joke but you know obama got that park police they, you know don't don't underestimate me you know they can shoot to kill they got the right to do that you know this chemtrail post was workshopped around a a, a weight bench listen man they, listen they went to the waggles somewhere in east tennessee right and they're sitting there and they're like hey listen i i tell you what i know you don't you think you think i'm crazy <laughs> y'all got that y'all got that custard yet you get that around oh that's december okay i love that stuff you let me know when you get it in okay sweetie <laughs> oh, amazing well that's all i brought uh spencer thanks so much for joining us what you want to tell us where we can find you uh you can find us uh if you just google channel six uh it is or look in my twitter bio We've got uh, tons of ways for you to subscribe. $10 a month for two things a week. Uh, just publish the top whatever, which is our weekly college football rundown. Uh, you can also find us at Shutdown Fullcast. You can go to YouTube. You can watch the Big Dumb Football series I am doing wow. uh, for ESPN. We are doing uh, Cooper, Cooper DeGene, the cornerback for Iowa. I'll be doing that with Dominique Foxworth and Bo. And shooting that on Monday, uh, wow. which I'm sure will be very entertaining. Okay. Very cool. And That's then uh, next thing, this week is going to be especially saucy because I will be doing ESPN Daily tomorrow. And then on Thursday, I fly out to cover what may be the most intriguing sporting event of the year, uh, the F1 race done on the Las Vegas Strip in Las Vegas, Nevada. That'd be awesome. It's going to be incredible. Nice. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be something. Intriguing. Yeah. might be raining might be 50, uh -huh. 50 degrees and raining for a race in las vegas and it never rains there right no no just, just for f1 races <laughs> thank you again so much we really do appreciate it yeah Spencer, thank you yeah. so much for coming on man oh hey yeah we loved it thanks uh it was a pleasure all right that'll do it for this week's episode the mbg podcast don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review you can check out more content at messageboardgeniuses.com and we'll see you next time, losers.